Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as the Cowboy Way protein powder. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, MODERNCOWBOY, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand, and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and I down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I'm super stoked to have my guests on today uh, and talk with Tim, Tim Ensley. I, I had Tim on the podcast. I mean, it was right after, not that long after I started it. And we were we were talking before we started recording. And I said, yeah, well, I'll be able to, you know, display my uh, unpreparedness uh, for my podcast when we start talking. Because I didn't even go back and look at what episode that was but um anyway that being said it was a while back and we'll figure it out when we start talking but uh, anyway super excited to have tim on on the podcast today he's uh, got a lot of great stuff going on and if, if you do go back and listen to that episode you can hear a lot about his family history they've been involved in the uh, western uh, rodeo and western entertainment uh, industry for for years so um and, and tim was also a, a prca uh, calf roper for years and um anyways a man of many talents uh one thing that's funny on the uh, his uh, Instagram bio, he is fluent in pig Latin. So uh, I'm not sure where that came from, but anyway, Hey Tim, well, welcome to the podcast this morning. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man, man. It's been a minute since we, since we talked, um, I mean, we've chatted back and forth, you know, throughout the, the, the last couple of years, but, uh, but I think, I think I was on like maybe the 10th or 11th episode. Even yeah. yeah pretty, pretty I, early. I think so too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I know you're involved in, in, in you know, other podcasts and uh, in a lot of video shooting and, and um, you're a huge uh, hunter. And uh, I, we were just talking before a little bit, you've got some stuff going on with the game and fish back to where you're at, but uh, just uh, bring us up to date, man, on, on, on what you've been up to and what you got going on now. Well, you know, I mean, most people that know me know that for, for 24 years, I was a professional rodeo cowboy. I mean, I roped, went all over the country. I mean, never made the NFR, but uh, and that was my goal, obviously. I think that's everybody's goal uh, when you when you decide you're going to start in rodeo, no matter how good you are. I mean, everybody, you know, when it's like like you think you think about these basketball players, you know, when they're kids, you know, when they're 12, they're they're counting three, two, one and hitting that final shot. And, right. You know, I'm out there. I'm out there, you know 
roping the dummy, pretending like it's the 10th round the NFR, you know, I mean, that's, that's Cowboys. And, um, um, after that career was over and it was a career, I mean, it's, you, you don't necessarily have to make the NFR to have a career in rodeo. There's a lot of guys out there making a living team roping and yep. riding bucking horses and bulls and, and roping calves that, that, uh, they make their living strictly off of rodeo and they, yep. you know, they may never make the NFR or that might not even be their aspirations anymore. But, um, after that, you know, I, I kind of fell into the videography thing with uh, bought a camera, didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I think we talked about that on the first podcast, but uh, had no idea what I was going to do with my life because all I'd ever done my whole life was rodeo. I've been at a rodeo, you know, pretty much every week of my life from the time I was one, you right. know, until till I quit rodeoing because my dad, most people know me, know who my dad is. And, um, my dad was a national finals rodeo announcer and, and he was announcing never before that he was a national high school champion bull rider and he was riding bulls and then he started announcing. So yeah, I was at a rodeo my whole life pretty much. So I didn't know anything but being a cowboy. And, um, uh, so when that was over and, and it was over on my own accord, like I was ready, you know, right. I think that was the most important part of me converting over to another life was, uh, I knew like, I was ready to not put in the time. I wasn't going to put in the effort. I was 42 years old. I was still winning, um, but I was just not willing to put in the, 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 you know, the hours that I used to put in to do this. And right. I thought, I'm not willing to put in the hours. I don't want to do it. You know, I just don't want to waste it. Um, I bought a camera, made a film on accident, hunting <laughs> a deer in Kansas. Uh, Literally wasn't looking for a film career or a videography career or anything like that. I made this film, uh, 21 Days in November is what it was called. And, and uh, a buddy of mine and I, we um, we edited it in my living room floor on his laptop. And we entered it in the film festival and it won the film festival. And he got hired by a production company that night to start editing. He still works there 10 years later. Um, yeah. And uh and, and I got hired by three different television shows to start filming outdoor TV. And they soon found out that I had no idea what I was doing at the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> like uh, they soon found that out, but I learned on the fly. Luckily, you know, I'm not, a, I may have been a cowboy my whole life, but you know, most of us pretty, pretty quick learners. And right. um, <clears throat> so we, uh, I learned on the fly and, and went to doing that. That's what I've been doing for, for 10 years, pretty much is, outdoor television uh for three years and then i started in the content creating so it's filmmaking and, and basically creating short films for different companies and providing them with with photo content and video content you know from around the country from different hunts and different people interesting stories and and that's what i've been doing and then um last year uh this <clears throat> this last summer uh, things kind of turned because I was, to be honest with you, I was getting super bored with the outdoor industry thing. Like it was just, uh, it's, it's, com it's really, really super oversaturated with people with cameras wanting to want to do this. And it's not, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, right. cause most people, they think, Oh, it's easy. And we're going to jump in here and do it. And, um, and you know, I, I guess my favorite saying is, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that don't need a TV show and there's a lot of guys that don't need a, a YouTube channel, you know, right. and, um, uh, and I'm not, not down on anybody, but what, what it ends up doing is it ends up hurting, you know, 
the outdoor industry as a whole because it seems like people start putting more and more stuff up for shock value, you know, whatever right. they think is going to get the most shock value. And what it does is fuels and ammunition for the anti-hunters. And it's right. just like stuff in rodeo I grew up with. You know, you, you we have rules in place to police ourselves in rodeo right. to protect us from, you know, the, the, the animal rights people who have been against rodeo forever and ever and ever. Right. Um, uh, but we've, we've got rules in place where we police ourselves, and it's like the outdoor industry has to put those rules in place too. But, uh, for the most part, I was just getting kind of stale, uh, yeah. with what I was filming and, and even some of the people I was filming, uh, it was just, there's nothing like being around a bunch of cowboys. When you grow up around a bunch of cowboys, you, you, you kind of expect everybody to be that way, you know? And, uh, right. um, and when they're not, you, you, you're, you're kind of disappointed. Um, hold up. You still there? Yeah. I'm not sure what just happened, but, um, anyway, um, yeah, they're just not. So you, um, yeah, you just, it just made me stale. And, and, um, last summer the Steiner family said the year before they, my dad announced all the Steiner's rodeos, you know, for years, Bobby Steiner and his dad, Tommy. And, uh, uh, I grew up with, you know, Sid was a few years younger than me. And, and, uh, we all grew up running around the ranch together. And, um, they had the rigging rally and, um, uh, my mom went, uh, last year, the first year. And, right. um, and I didn't go, I was busy filming. And, uh, um, and then last year, the Steiner were like, you got to come out, you got to come out. So I said, well, we'll go to Weatherford. So my wife and I went to Weatherford. Um, she had never met, met the Steiners and well, she met them. She met Bobby and Jolene at my dad's funeral, but, um, uh, we went to the, to the ranch and just in true fashion, I took my cameras. I mean, I just, I just wanted to film it just right. for, for, you know, not for any reason, um, just to film it and, right. uh, got out there and started filming. And of course me being the guy I am, like I wanted to be in the arena. I wanted to be right. Like I was kneeling down right beside the latch and trying to get these shots of these horses, you know, coming out basically over my head and, uh, right. stuff that a guy that, you know, basically only a guy that rodeo right. <laughs> would, would want to do, you know? Um, right. And, um, um, and it was weird because I had no aspirations of getting into filming, you know, rodeo stuff. Um, uh, I really would have, you know, was, I guess in the back of my mind, I wanted to get back into doing more rodeo stuff just because, uh, it was my heritage. But, right. um, uh, I met Joey Austin from, from who he came up and asked me, uh, he said, who are you filming for here? And I'm like, nobody would just play. And I was going to go home and just play with the footage and see what I could do. And he said, uh, I'll buy that footage from you. And I'm like, oh, you can have it. You know, I mean, you don't have to buy it from me. I'll just let you have it. I'm just here filming for fun. Right. Um, he, he got the footage and they made a little film of, you know, from rig and rally. And then he called me and said, Hey, you want to do some filming for me? So I'm like, yeah. So, you know, um, that sent me to Reno for eight days, filming the BFO and filming the rodeo and then Cheyenne for the entire time. And, and, couple other places this year for you know for hui and and uh, uh through that i you know i've been filming for a couple other companies and and um so i guess i, I really no matter whether i ever film another day for hui I've, I've got joey austin and and you know the group at hui for 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 bringing me back into rodeo because once i got back in it it was like it, it just rejuvenated me um I was pretty much in a funk. Like I didn't want to edit anything. I was just going through the motions of doing my stuff. And it was like, as soon as I got back around my world, it was like the lights just came back on. You know, yeah. it's like, I really wanted to be creative again. I wanted to, I wanted to film again. I wanted to, 
I wanted to really show, you know, where I came from, you know, in a, in a, in a really positive, cool life. And right. so, yeah, so um, I'm back and uh, been shooting, you know, doing some catalog work for some different companies and going to the NFR for 12 days to film this year. And uh, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been kind of a whirlwind this summer, but uh, I'm still scheduling some hunts and through that period too, trying right. to, trying to keep that going. But uh but it's definitely uh, rejuvenated me, and I, and I love being back around the rodeo world. And, and uh, I guess the best compliment I had is from a guy that I really look up to is Randy Kateri. I think everybody that's watched any video from rodeo in the yeah. last several years knows who Randy Kateri is. And yeah. uh, Randy and I chatted, never met, and um, uh, you know he was always we were always kind of liking each other's stuff on Instagram and and. Uh, we met at Saxton. I went to Saxton and filmed for one, one day for a company and he was there filming. He films for the committee and we met and the best, best, best compliment I ever had. I think probably in my life was he said, when I saw you behind the shoots with your camera filming and the way you interacted with everybody, he said, I knew immediately you were one of us. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, that's, that's what everybody wants. You know, you want to, you kind of want to go back in that element and feel like you, you still belong. And, and that's what they did. I mean, everybody treated me just great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now you're, you're still, now are you, are you guiding hunts yourself still too? Or? No, 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 no. I'm still, I'm still just filming. So I'm like, I'm straight shooting content now for people like this. Gotcha. Uh, uh, the only person I guide anymore is my father-in-law. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he, he kind of, we have a lease in Kansas. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, the whole time I was still rodeoing, the only other thing I wanted to do was bow hunt. And so uh, I had a lot of friends in Kansas and I'd get to go, you know, hunt on their property or this, that, and other. But I always kind of wanted my own place, you know, where I could come and go like I, like I wanted. And right. when I quit rodeoing, I I got with a, a guy up there that I'd, I'd hunted with before and and said, man, if there's ever any property comes available up here, which is about 11 years ago, and there was still quite a bit of property available up there to lease. And he introduced me some really cool landowners up there, and, and I leased some property, and, and my father-in-law comes up there and hunts. And uh, one of my old rodeo buddies that rodeoed with me for years, B.J. Osborne, is one of my best friends. He comes up there and hunts with me. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a little – kind of little rodeo uh lease a uh, hunting lease in kansas and my father-in-law won't go up there and hunt unless i go with him so, it's like, <laughs> um, so yeah so I, he's about the only person i got anymore the rest of the time it's just filming and and we're just creating content and uh we have a deal coming up in november where i'm kind of going to step out of my comfort zone because i'm not the fastest editor in the world um i do have a partner which is crazy right the guy that edited the first film with me blaine smith um uh he still works for the same company he works for then but blaine's been doing some freelance stuff for me on the side so we're kind of we're kind of the teams back together and we're doing a we're gonna put up a, a full video we're seven days in nebraska on public land hunting whitetail and I've rented a house that's right in the middle of the farmhouse. It's right in the middle of this public land. Right. And there's about six videographers coming up there. And we're all going to hunt and film ourselves. And then we're going to come in each night and we're going to create a full video, produ fully produced video each night and have it up by 9 a.m. the next morning. Man. Every day for the seven days. And um, so, like I said, it's stepping out of my comfort zone, but um, 
you know, I'm not doing it by myself. Thank God. Cause if I was, I guarantee you I would be, I'd be, I'd be stressing to get it out by nine o'clock. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of the, cause one of the most, uh, arduous tasks with you know video and creating content and everything is the editing right oh absolutely yeah it's yeah. uh the, shoot, the <laughs> content's not the hard part um pretty much man anybody can i mean you hand somebody a camera with some autofocus and you pretty you can get some you can get some content out of, out of people you know what i mean right but but sitting down behind that computer and being able to make it make sense or tie in or or relate or tell the story with it Right. Um, and that's ultimately what we're doing. We're, we're trying to tell a story and, um, whether it's a, you know, a one minute video on Instagram or whether it's a, you know, a, a four minute video for, you know, for, uh, uh, YouTube or a 20 minute, you know, doc style film, right. we're, we're trying to tell a story no matter what, if it's in 30 seconds or if it's in 10 minutes and, right. and that's, you know, that's, that's where we are. Right. And, um, and and that's what we're going to do here, except we're going to do it every day. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Casey Neistat, who's a, uh, he was a YouTube, he's one of the biggest YouTubers in the world, but he's not, you know, anything related to anything you and I would ever be involved in. You know, he's, he's a New York guy, New York filmmaker that decided to do a daily vlog right. of his life. And he produced it like a film and he did one every day for 1700 days or something like that he no became kidding. like the biggest youtuber in the business like he gets paid millions of dollars millions of dollars to to do you know to, to build content for companies or to even represent them on his on his vlog but we're gonna do seven days like that we're, so gotcha. not, gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna do 1700 <laughs> that's crazy yeah and then um and then you know like uh I'm booked this week for, for some rodeo stuff and, and I'm going to Texas. And so I'm having to really, you know, schedule hunting and rodeo because I'm, I'm really enjoying the rodeo stuff again. Yeah. That, well, that's great to, to, to get back connected with it now. And the Steiners now um, it, it's interesting you, you bring them up because I mean, they've got such a long history too in, in the rodeo industry and, and entertainment as well. And, and uh, then rocker, he's yep. the new up and coming, uh, you know, uh, youngest Steiner now, and he's, uh, isn't he a pro wakeboarder too? And on top of it. Yeah. He is a world champion wakeboarder oh. at his age class. Like he's uh, you know, that's, that's the one thing about, about the Steiners, man, is, is growing up around them. You knew that, I mean, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do it at the, at the top of the game. Like they don't, right. they don't go into anything to be half-assed. I mean, that's right. Um, it's, it's not going to be. And, um, you know, when Bobby Steiner decided he wanted to be the world champion bull rider in 1973, he became the world champion bull rider. And he'd only been riding bulls for about four years, you know. <laughs> crazy? Um, same thing with Sid. When Sid decided he wanted to be the world champion bulldogger, I mean, he'd only been bulldogging for, you know, for like four years. And, you know, and he becomes the world champion bulldogger. But it's like they – and I have no doubts that Rocker's not going to follow right in those same footsteps because here's the thing about those people. They – they work at it. I mean, right. their mind is they 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 get they get singly focused on what their goal is, and right. you know when you take somebody like that 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 is is just super determined, uh, and, and won't let anything deter them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to stop them. So yeah. and I and just being around Rocker a little bit, I, I I don't know Rocker really well other than 
this, you know, I got to be around him at, at a couple different rigging rallies. Cause I went to Darby and filmed for, for who and, right. um, uh, so getting to be around rocker a, a little more, uh, you realize he's got that same drive as far as like, if he wants to do it, he's, he wants to be the best at it. He doesn't want to be, you know, yep. and, and he works at it. And I mean, and, and the thing about the Steiners is, is, is if you, if you're willing to put the work in, you know, you've got all the resources that you're, you know, all the resources are there, but right. you got to put the, you're the one that's got to put the work in. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's the cool thing to watch, you know I mean? Watch people that, that are driven like that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. You know, you, you, you talked about all your years in the PRCA and you never did make the finals, you know, and, and so many people don't ever make the finals, you know, and, and, but I had Charlie Crawford on uh podcast last week, you know, and, and he made the NFR 10 times, but he never won it. You yep. know, and 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 uh, it's kind of the same deal. You know, you just you just never know. And and I I don't follow football a whole lot, but I think um, what's his name? He used to play for Miami. I I I can't remember, but he they, Dan Marino. Dan yeah. Marino made made one Super Bowl and lost it, but he had every passing record in the NFL until yeah. literally this week. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, they they <laughs> broke his last two records this week. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, his last two records in the NFL were broken this week, and. Um, I think one by Tom Brady and one by Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Yeah. And and those are the last two records he had, and he was like the king of quarterbacks. Yep. And Went he, one time and lost. Yeah, never and never won. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like you say. There's so many guys in rodeo that you know that compete and and, and earn a living. You know. Yep. It, you know, uh, basically the cowboy way, but uh, you know, um, they may never win the gold buckle. You know. But, uh, yeah. And I can remember, you know, doing whatever I could do growing up. Like, uh, you know, my dad, I, I wanted to go to these rodeos and, and, and I'm not definitely not down in the North Texas rodeo association. Okay. It's a great right. place for kids to go rodeo, but they didn't pay money back. Right. Then. And I don't know if they do now or not. They paid a buckle. So if you won, you want a buckle. Right. Well, I was going to the Texas high school rodeos and the AJRA rodeos and my dad being who he was, he was like, you know, uh, you can go to those North Texas rodeos, but like, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to help you pay your fees or anything to go to them. Right. And I'm like, why all my buddies are going to them, you know, what's the difference. And, and he's like, well, they don't pay anything. And he <laughs> said, you got to learn, you know, you need to go to rodeos where you've got an opportunity to win enough to pay your way to the next one. Yeah. And he said, That's how you learn how to win. And, and I'm like, well, I still didn't understand it, but later on I did. Right. Um, but it was not him being, you know, mean it was cause he would have, you know, he helped me every way possible. I mean, right. Uh, but he just always wanted to make sure that I was, uh, you know, I was going for the, for the right reasons. You know, it was, it was, it was like, if you're going to rodeo and you say you're going to rodeo for a living, you need to learn how to rodeo for money. Right. And, uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's, that's what I did. I went to, you know, the AJA rodeos and the Texas high school rodeos and the, every junior rodeo I could get to that paid money. And, um, yeah. And, uh, that's, that's kind of where I was is, uh, and there's so many guys out there that I grew up with that were the same. I used to tell guys from here, they'd say, Oh, we're going to go out, you know, maybe some guys, some buddies of mine had been to the IRA finals a couple of times and, and they grew up coming to my house and roping and, right. and they, uh, Oh, we're going to go to Canadian to the big open rodeo. And they're like, they say it's, it'll pay all this money. And, and they're like, well, if it was going to pay all that money, there'd be some, you know, some big guys there. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I tell you, there'll be some guys there you ain't never heard of that, you yeah. know, <laughs> that, 
that could go to the NFR tomorrow if they yeah. wanted to. You know, I mean, they're they're good enough to win anywhere in the world. Um, and I said, you've never seen them before in your life. And I said, if you if you think they're going to be bothered by you, I, I told both of them before they left. I said, I know it's going to be hot, but I said, just put your IFR jacket on, turn the collar up, walk through. And I said, see how many of them get nervous. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been. I've I've just you know we've heard that for years, and and you know, and you see it and you know it. I mean. They, they talk about there's guys down in Texas, man, that, that never rope out of their, their own little area that like, just like you said, could go to the NFR tomorrow if they wanted to, you know? Bubba Kendricks, man, Bubba Kendricks, you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of old timers remember me talking, remember Bubba Kendricks, uh, the South Texas slinger, man, like Bubba was, I think Bubba made a living rodeoing and never had a card. Like he never <laughs> yeah. had a pro card, Yeah, but he, he, he was one of the hardest guys to beat anywhere. And he was winning $2,500, a week at the amateur rodeos. You know I mean? Right. He's like, why would you want to go anywhere else? You know? Right. And, uh, right. and uh, the thing about Bubba was even when he was older, you know, in his, in his, I say older, he's in his forties, you know I mean? Bubba could still, he could, well, that's where Joe and all those Joe Beavers and Cody and all those guys grew up watching Bubba. That was where that style came from was Bubba could, you know, knock that barrier out, throw it all, you know, and, and handle those casts and have the go he wanted using that right. rope, that right. long rope, setting those runs up that <clears> way. <throat> and um, so Bubba was the king, man. And I remember Lana Mango used to have a rope in Brenham called the Texas Sling, and he only had it like three times, but uh, it was an invitational rope, and it was uh, it was a short barrier and little casts, and it was sure enough a South Texas rope, and I added a bunch of money, and the you know rodeo video magazine came and filmed it, and right. like they used to do the Mo Betta, and um, uh, and I remember the first year they had it, they invited Bubba Kendricks, and and I can tell you this right now, Bubba <laughs> was like fifty three years old, fifty four maybe, and when they called Bubba's name, everybody from from Joe to Cody, <laughs> Ricky Canton. You're right. Fred, everybody rode their horses up to watch Bubba at, <laughs> at a roping that was made for Bubba. And, right. And in, and in true Bubba fashion, I think he was like eight flat on his first one. So it was like, I mean, he set you know, the standard right there. <laughs> yeah. And there was, but there's a, there's a, there's an absolute, you know, uh, perfect example of a guy that made a living and never nodded his head at a pro rodeo, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Ed Workman made the national. I lived with Ed for, you know, years, uh, three years and, um, stopped in and saw him the other day. And he told me a fact that I never realized, but, uh, after he made the first, his first NFR in 1977, he never bought his card back after that. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. He just amateured after that. He was like, shoot, I spent way too much money. <laughs> he said, he said it cost me way too much money. It about killed me. He said, I said, I just stay home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I think he did buy his card back because he went to the circuit finals a few times. I think he was exaggerating on that one, but he right. uh, he went to the circuit finals a bunch. I think he just stayed home in circuit. Right? He <laughs> went to the amateur just what he did. But yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. Um, man, guys like Wes Ward, you see, you know, Wes announcing rodeo yeah, now. Yeah. You know, Wes never made the NFR, but Wes was one of the hardest dudes, you know, to. I mean, I don't know how many times he won the Prairie Circuit and the bareback ride. I mean, Wes was right there on the cusp of making that NFR, and they were just so many great cowboys out there that that you know were just right there, you know, yeah. uh, for years and years. And yeah. and that's one of the things that I like. Like your, you know, your your podcast is Modern Cowboy, and and one of the things that I 
I didn't realize was so prevalent till I got back out in rodeo now is everyone's an athlete. Like, <laughs> right, right. I'm like, when did we all become athletes? Yeah. Like, didn't we, like, I don't remember any one of us growing up. I don't remember one guy growing up going, oh, I'm going to grow up and be an athlete. Yep. You know, every, yep. and, and to me, I, I miss that, you know, I mean, right. I, it's always been true that cowboys being a rodeo cowboys, obviously the athletic event, right? right. There's no Abs- way around it. No, you're not going to compete and win unless you're, unless you have, unless you're an athlete. Right. Yep. Yep. But the mystique of being a rodeo cowboy is being a cowboy. Right. right? right. I mean, it's like, I never wanted anyone to call me an athlete. I right. can remember getting interviewed by Boyd Pohamus in the, in the arena <laughs> at Kansas city. And, and he called me a rodeo athlete. And I'm like, dude, I am not a rodeo athlete. I'm a pure cowboy, man. I grew up wanting to be a cowboy and I'm a cowboy right now. And, uh, and I said it on the mic. I'm sure it embarrassed me, but it's like I didn't. I just had a pet peeve about that, and I still do. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think the future of rodeo is always going to be that that we're cowboys. It's not. I don't think you can. For years, how many people have come in? You've you've seen it, I'm sure, um, and tried to say, okay, we're going to try to make our our cowboys into like the pro golfers or the pro tennis players or this, that, and the other. It's never going to be that because there's never going to not every kid can relate. Right. 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 Not every kid grows up, you know, with access to a horse to learn how to rope or oh, with, exactly yeah. or with access to learn how to be a bull rider or a bareback rider or a saddle bronc. Not every kid can relate. Every kid can grow up and go buy a set of golf clubs and go play golf. Right. 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 Or a tennis racket right. or a football, you know, play football or baseball. The thing to me is what what puts people in the seats, and I saw it especially this year because <laughs> I told my wife at, um, at Reno after I'd been there for day five, I think. I said, I'm pretty sure this is the longest I've been at one rodeo in my, since, in my life since I was 12 maybe. Um, uh, but watching the crowd and knowing that they're there just to see cowboys riding bucking horses and cowgirls running barrels and the clown act and the trick rider and uh and it's it's a western entertainment experience no matter what we think of it as contestants right to the people in the audience it's always going to just be cowboys riding bucking horses and cowboys riding bulls and and you know guys roping cats and steers and and bulldogging and, and but they they came to see cowboys right well yeah i, th- I think to your point it's like you know uh what cowboys wear and what rodeo cowboys wear i mean okay obviously you know it's they're not called uniforms in all of the sports they call them uniforms uh but if you, you if you want to look at it that way you know bull riders you know he's got his chaps and vests and, and they're wearing helmets and stuff but it's like i remember talking to shane proctor about it too mm-hmm. when i had him on he's, he's like you know it's the sports changing just the fact that uh you know it used to be hey man you get buck down hard you get whatever you're back behind the shoots drinking a course and you know yep. and and but but nowadays i just think <clears throat> in, in terms of like uh i don't i don't know that i'm crazy about the word athlete either because i i agree with you it's like you know they're cowboys but i think to get the competitive edge now and <clears throat> i've seen it with like i had doug champion on he's got champion living Fitness. Yeah, I work out with Doug too. I saw oh, that. I oh yeah, yeah. That. I'm in Doug's program too. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so so am I. You know, and and so it's like, uh, 
you know, they're, they're just seeing that to be competitive and to, you know, go to that next level nowadays, uh, there's just going to be new things integrated into it. Just like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Cause guys, you know, it'd be, you know, especially like riding rough stock and bulls. I mean, man, I mean, how sore, how sore do you get? You know what I mean? And, and everything you can do to, uh, you know, mitigate that somehow, uh, is, is going to be favorable, but, but I'm with you, you know, it's just like, that's, that's like what modern cowboy is about. It's for the cowboy and all of us. And just like you say, these guys yep. in the stands are looking and they're like, they're they're never going to get on anything but in their mind they you know they want to you know i mean tim mcgraw he had that song you know yep. I, I went two 2.7 seconds on a bull named fu manchu you know yep. and, and and it's like we'd all like to i mean you've been there obviously you know yeah. as a professional cowboy i i never have but uh yeah i i think that um it, it it's going to continue to progress but in in the end the just the word cowboy is you, you can never, you can never get away from it. You know, it's, it's just so iconic and it's, it's iconic worldwide. Well, to me, that's what's going to keep rodeo alive. And, yes. uh, and, and, and it's true. I think I'm obviously the stuff because Doug has rehabbed my shoulder. I tore my rotator cuff year before last. <clears throat> right. I couldn't even hold up my bow to shoot. Right. I've got to have surgery in January. Doug was like, dude, I can get your shoulder strong enough where you can at least, you know, hold your bow up right. and you're going to be a lot more comfortable. And the stuff he's, you know, I've been working with Logan Corbett, bareback yeah. rider. Yeah, um, yep. And Lo the stuff, you know, Doug and Logan have done for me is is incredible. In two months, they had me back shooting my bow, and I couldn't even hold the bow up. Right. Um, it, and I, I totally agree with all that. I totally agree with the fact that cowboys nowadays have they're gonna they've got to be more athletic to stay in the game longer and i think right. if you think back to those older guys the you know the kenny wilcox and the, oh man and the joe wimberley's and uh you know denny flynn's and donnie gays and uh butch kirby's people like that man if they would have if they would have had these same kind of regiments their, their careers would have probably lasted a lot longer <laughs> but um but i still think that no matter what our regiments are to get better I still think at the end of the day, when they, when they say something over that microphone or companies list this person as their sponsored right. cowboy, I, right. I still think that the day we get away from that word cowboy, yeah, then we have, we have basically crushed everything that makes us different and mm -hmm. makes us, it makes it work uh, because it I, I, I agree. That, yep. The people at Cheyenne, they, the people at Cheyenne, and I was there for eight days this year. None of them come there to see an athlete. Every one yep. of them come there to see a cowboy. And yep. that's, that's the whole mystique about coming to those big rodeos. It's all about cowboys. And, and I, I'm firmly, you know, for guys being m m more into their fitness, because I think it's just going to prolong their career. Right. But I can tell you right now to a T and I've asked a bunch of them when they were talking about the athlete situation. And I piss some of them off when I say it, but um, <laughs> uh, when the first time you put on a pair of boots and put on a hat, you took off running around the yard on your stick horse. You didn't say I'm a, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. <laughs> That's right. You you're, know? you're right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, and the, the last, you know, whenever uh, you know, there was, circling the wagons and, and the Comanches were attacking the wagon train. They weren't yeah. going, let's kill them athletes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, um, you know, we're cowboys and I yeah. think, and, and, and what's so cool is watching some of the old school guys that still come around like the, 
Will Lowe is one of my favorite human beings in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Will Lowe, I took so many photos of Will Lowe this year, and I wasn't even there to film him or photo him, but it was right. Uh, he's just such a cool dude that's still still that guy. You know, he's he's got that look too. I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. JB Mooney, the same exact guy. Like yeah, they're 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 cut from that same. They're, they're some of the last old school dudes that are still, you know, nodding their head out there every day. And obviously they're both probably beat up than any of the rest of them. So it kind of, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, it kind of defeats my whole argument of the cowboy <laughs> athlete thing. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's, uh, but I think we just got to stay with, especially being around it more and more this year. And, and the athlete thing's been tried for years i mean it, it's not the first time that, right that right. they've tried to push this scenario and it, and it and if they do keep <clears throat> continue to push it and take cowboy out it's going to completely crush rodeo i think yeah. it won't be that's what sets it apart yeah you know yeah, yeah. well that the, yeah just like we said i mean you you can't you you cowboying is what it's all about yep. you know what i mean everything <sighs> everything uh you know that goes along with it from you know cowboy up to you know I mean, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and we've talked about it before too. I mean, you look at all the songs from, you know, John Bon Jovi to Finn Lizzie to um, mm-hmm. Bob Seger to, I mean, it's, yep. re- it's referenced just so many times, uh, you know, um, and that's, that's what, uh, you know, just part of what makes it, you know, so romantic and, and, and just so enticing to people. But, you know, we're talking about all the old school guys where you talk about like JB Mooney and, and and will love uh, you can put Shane you can put Shane Proctor in that group too. Shane oh, Proctor's is tough Oh, oh dude. No, yeah. What I was gonna say is is what you know I've heard Ty Murray say it before. They're they're like they're like uh, back in the day, Ty says, uh, you know, that's back when the uh shoots were made out of wood and the men were made out of steel, you know, and, and that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, it, I used to tell this old stock contractor here whenever uh, uh I was a last few years I rodeoed, I was on the board of a of of uh upra and a couple different rodeo associations and those one of these older stock contractors he'd talk about something to me and i'd say hey i said that was back when the cowboys were cowboys and they whittled the horses out of wood <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um uh, yeah funny. and he's and, and that's that's so much there's so much truth to that you know yeah, i mean um, no doubt even watching cheyenne this year and you know there's there's so many different things that get taken out of the heritage of some of, of rodeo anyway, like Cheyenne still got the 30 foot barrier, which it always did. But, right. you know, we used to, we used to rope walking fresh calves there and everybody got one and they were, you know, they, they might range anywhere from 200 to 300 pounds. And, <laughs> right. and, um, and I mean, you <laughs> saw guys that could really rope just get absolutely mauled, you know, right, and, right. but that was the mystique of Cheyenne. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that, they were, you know, I mean, we roped them one year and their mamas were pinned at the back. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, they pulled them off their moms and, and we roped the, the calves and they were like 280, 300 pound calves. And I mean, probably the stoutest year they ever were. And, um, dude, it was, it was right. Yeah. But that's what made it Cheyenne. It's like, you just were, you had to have really big, strong, tough horses. and They had to be able to take it. You and you had to know how to handle those kind of cattle because that's you know the the old school way and um yeah and now with this year like i saw guys that you know i never thought could tie one and you know 10 or 11 at a 
amateur rodeo home were tying them in 10 and 11. You know, the, I'm not down on anybody. It's just right. the, 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 you know, the livestock's a lot smaller. The, you know, they're, they're tying the calves, you know, back. They, the calves get prepped and tied so they don't kick and they're not as strong as they used to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure it makes it a lot more fun, but to me, that just takes some of that mystique out of it. Like I still wanted to see somebody just get run over. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> like, like my whole career, I think I won. I think I entered Cheyenne like 16 times and won two checks, but my only claim to fame, Junior Lewis used to say the great Junior Lewis is one of my favorite human beings in the world. He said, your only claim to fame is that you never got the whistle at Cheyenne. I said, you're dang right. I never did. I never heard it blow one time. I got close to hearing it blow a couple of times, but I got them tied. I, I roped every, I never missed one and I never, and I never got the whistle. I tied every one of them down. And uh, sometimes I remember I tied one in 22.5 seconds one time. <laughs> you know I mean? It was, uh, but I was tied him down. And, um, you know, that's just part of the mystique of being a cowboy. And I loved it every minute yeah. of it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I saw a photo posted the other day. And, and again, you know, you know, my podcast, like, you know, like a lot of other people is, is we're, we want to continue to promote the cowboy rodeo and Western yeah. lifestyle and culture and, you know, and expose other people to it, too. So, you know, just like we talked about earlier with the, you know, whether it's animal rights or or whatever it may be, you know, that are uh, or, or just like in hunting, anti hunters, whatever, you know, people mm -hmm. need, to be, need to be educated and stuff. But uh, I I can't remember who it was, but the other day, someone posted i mean this awesome picture and it was an old marlboro man picture and it, and it mm -hmm. was just iconic and it, and it just looked so badass and, and they made a comment on it you know yeah this is a marlboro man yeah okay we know that you know people smoke cigarettes and got cancer what blah 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 but you know dude, the way they've tried to demonize you know the marlboro man and and they try yeah. to make it look like all these marlboro men all died of cancer and whatever and mm -hmm. I, I i just call bullshit you know yeah. but you know but it's it's like that's part of Americana, man. I mean, the yeah. Marlboro, the freaking Marlboro man was a badass, you know, and, and to just to your point about the cowboy, that's what we need to maintain as a cowboy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it and doesn't matter. Some guy smoking Marlboros or chewing Coke or whatever. It's just like, mind your own business if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a, and, 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 and the whole thing to me is, is, is it, it really, I can't, I hate to say that it really bothered me uh, to hear announcers you know saying athlete you didn't hear tallman say it right <laughs> right know? right uh, um uh and 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 even wayne brooks i just met him for the first time this year you know and he he told me he was a fan of my dad's and my dad was a fan of his and and um uh i didn't ever hear wayne brooks say it you know i mean you hear a few people say athlete this that and other and listen obviously cowboys are due they're athletes there's yeah, no freaking doubt about it they've always been at there's no way you can you can contend that they're not you know right but, but first and we, foremost we, first and foremost they're cowboys yeah but first and foremost they're cowboys and that's and if we ever take cowboy out of that equation then there's nothing unique about us we're not on the level as the we're never going to be on an nfl level we're never going to be on a, on a <clears throat> nba level because right. not everyone can do this and that's what makes being a cowboy unique right is um I told I told a, a hunter that I was hunting with one time I was filming with. He was like, "Man, this was just so epic. That was just so epic. That's going to be so epic." And I'm like, "Man, there ain't nothing we've done epic." And he's like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, it's, it's, "There's nothing we've done that's epic." And I said, "I think this word's like really overused in the right. hunting world." And he goes, "Well, what do you consider epic?" I said, "You know, I know guys 
that have been, you know, 90 plus points. I said, I saw Denny Flynn be, you know, 98 points at, at um, uh, Palestine, Illinois, when I was a kid. That was pretty epic. That right. was a dude that was 98 points, you know, right. and at the time that was unheard of. Um, you know, a dude climbing the, the, the fate, the nose of El Cap with no ropes. Right. And here I said, Epic is stuff that not just everybody can do, yeah, you know, yeah. and not just everybody can go ride one for 90 plus points. Uh, not everybody can climb that nose of El Cap, you know, right. and to so me, to me, you know, like hunting, I told that guy that day, I said, anybody can learn how to do what we're doing because right. I'm a prime example. I didn't start till I was 26 years old. I've never right. hunted a day in my life. And here I am basically guiding you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I think the day we lose the cowboy out of what we're doing, um, I think, I think that's the day we're going to lose the whole deal. Yeah. <clears throat> because yeah. that's what makes us unique. And it's not that, and I think, Definitely. I, 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 like I said, I'm going to reiter, reiterate this because I've got so many friends out there that are all big time rodeo guys and, and I love them all. And they are some, the, the, some of the best athletes in the world. I will right. tell you that right off the bat, but every one of them to a T grew up Willie Nelson. who grew up dreaming of being a cowboy and that's, yep. and we got to stay that path. We've got to stay cowboys. <clears throat> Absolutely. Because, we're not going to be the NFL because not just everybody can do it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and nor do we want to be either. <laughs> no, um, yeah. no. And, um, but I think sometimes just getting back and I'm, and I'm, you know, from a guy that was in it for my whole life and then stepped away for a while and then come back and look from the outside in. And I'm like, so much has changed, but these guys are, you know, but the, man, we were, nod her head, do what we were going to do. And then we were straight to the bar. And, right. you know I mean, it was, a uh, you know, you stay out till three o'clock in the morning or four and then get up and run one in the slack somewhere <laughs> at seven the next morning. I mean, right. that was how we lived. These guys were getting eight hours of sleep and yep. you know, <laughs> yeah. getting up and running and doing all this stuff. Like that's cool. I, w I wish I would have done that when I was younger. I wish someone would have showed me how to do that, but the guys that I grew up around were doing what I was doing. So it's, <laughs> <clears throat> exactly yeah but um yeah but it's it's been a fun fun trip going from rodeo to videographer back to rodeo um and like i said i definitely i can't i, I can't iterate it reiterate enough that you know if it hadn't been for the, for, for hooey that i, I would have probably not been here doing this stuff now but uh, uh, uh so i definitely have to give them all the credit to bring me back in the rodeo world because i the places they sent me i thoroughly enjoyed being back yeah. behind the shoot hanging out and yeah. you know and most of the guys i was seeing behind the roping box i wrote <laughs> against their dads not them right right you know right but, right um, but uh yeah it was it's fun it's been fun and 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 i'm i'm looking forward to creating a lot of really cool rodeo content i've got some cool ideals that we're in discussion over right now for uh maybe something with netflix or uh, we're not sure exactly what what we're going to do with it, but it's a project I can't really discuss. But I think right. it's going to be a really cool project. But it's it's straight up rodeo, and, yeah. uh, and I think it'll be cool. So, and who are you going to be out in um, <clears throat> in Vegas with this year? You said you're going to be out there for 12 days, right? Yeah, I can't really talk about who I'm going to be out oh, there with because it's it, kind of a it's kind of a secret about what we're doing. But uh, um, but you're going to be I'll, there. I'll be there for 12 days. Um, so well. I get there the day before it starts and then I leave the day after it's over with. So I'll be there okay. 12 days and, uh, it'll be me and, uh, actually Blaine, the guy that, uh, started okay. out filming with Blaine's going with me and we're, um, 
we we've got some pre- a pretty cool concept we're going to film out there and um i, I just i just think it's going to be fun and and uh we'll be able to talk a little more about it as it gets closer yeah uh, but i yeah. was just i was just told to keep it under my hat till we got ready to go so gotcha well yeah and and then we'll we'll try to connect up out there because we're going to be out there too so we need yeah. to for sure yeah yeah. yeah yeah no doubt absolutely well hey i, I you know i we're getting close into the, the time tim and I, I know uh you know, I always ask these questions and I'm, I'm just never going to stop because it's just part of the deal. But, uh, and I don't remember what your answer were last time. And maybe they, maybe they've changed. Maybe they haven't, but, uh, do you got a favorite, uh, cowboy hat brand? Yeah, yes. absolutely. But, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to say it though. <laughs> I, I can stall. I've worn resist all for my whole life. Yeah. I've worn resist all hats my entire life. So what, what do I see? Yeah. I see about what eight hats behind me there or behind you. Three. Oh yeah, that was my hat junkie, man. They, yeah. Those are all resist all. Those are all resist all. Yeah. Those are on those deer heads are all resist yeah, yeah. all. <laughs> the one up there is actually my dad's old resist all. Oh, no kidding. Um, yeah, he used to, that was just like his wear around the house hat. Like he used to mow the yard in that. So yeah. uh um that's great. Like that was he wore that hat pretty much every day. Uh just like that was his at home hat. My dad wore cowboy hat every day. Yeah. That's so great. And, How about uh, boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? You know, I don't know. Like I wear a lot of different kinds of boots. Um, you know, obviously I mean, I wore Justin's for forever, yeah. but you know, I got some Anderson beans and some, I got a couple, uh, I got a couple pair of tin hauls in there. I wear yeah. sometimes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't really have a favorite pair. I just, uh, I like, I like boots. I'm kind of a boot junkie too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And how about how about western movies cowboy movies oh man cowboy movies um I, there's two two gotta be my favorite and probably a lot of people's favorite but two of my two of my favorite rodeo cowboy movies are my favorite because my dad was in both of them which is uh eight seconds and uh my heroes have always been cowboys so those my you dad know, was in both those movies so it's like those are two of my favorite rodeo movies but um you know, and I, I think I think we talked about that last time too. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, that's right. Very yeah, cool. And as, and as far as like a pure Western movie, it's it's my favorite's probably McClintock with John Wayne. Oh like, yeah, McClint- that's like you can't you can't beat mixing a little comedy in with yeah. the Duke. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. Very cool. Well, hey Tim, man, it's been great catching up with you, and. uh I mean, I, I'm going to have to look back now. I'll do it and, and figure out how long ago that was that that podcast was. But uh, I know you were kind enough to to, um, you know, just kind of uh, help me break, break the uh, the ice with with my with my podcast. It was it was a long time ago because this is like episode 174 now. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's isn't it? been three and a half years and yeah. it's just it's just amazing, you know, that I mean, people continue to download it. And, and you know, so it's just. Yeah. I'm just, well, you're uh, talking, you know, other than me, you're talking to really cool people. And me and Charlie Crawford have something in common. Uh, uh, Jackie, actually, when she was in high school, her senior year in high school, came to my house and tried a horse. And she bought that horse. And her and that horse went on to win the national high school championship. Oh man. The USCRA championship. And I think four college titles Oh my on gosh. that mayor. And, um, and so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So <laughs> we don't have that much in common, but I mean, he is married <laughs> yeah. to her. So I yeah, guess we yeah. do have that. In common. And it was cool seeing, seeing Jackie. I got to see her at Reno a little bit and uh, yeah. I haven't seen her in years. And 
And yeah. uh, that was cool visiting with her for a minute. Yeah, but it's that's cool. That's great. Now, are you are you doing any roping or anything now? Are you riding anything for pleasure? Nothing. No, man, I haven't. And that's kind of how I tore my shoulder up a year and a half ago. They, oh. uh, some guys taught me into coming. They said, you should come practice and enter some rodeos. And I thought, why not? And I went rope one day, oh. one day and tore, tore my rotator cuff that day. And, um, but so me and BJ Osborne, the guy I hunt with that I used right. to rodeo with, we both used to trip steers, you know, a little right. bit here and there. And, um, BJ still trips steers a little bit. And, um, he sold his tripping horse a few years ago and, I, after being at Cheyenne, I said, man, I, I said, if I start back, like I may start back this trip. And he right. goes, he said, you want to, he said, I know where there's a horse for sale. And I said, well, find out what, what we're going to give for him. And, and, uh, so we're in the process of maybe buying a tripping horse. <laughs> and, um, so most of my wife's, you know, chagrin, we, we may be, we may be going to some steer tripping. So that'd be about it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, hey man, it's great catching up. I appreciate I appreciate you, you know, coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to connect up out there at uh, NFR this year. We will for sure. I appreciate it, Dan. It's, yeah. You're doing great. You're doing a great job. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. And we'll talk soon. All right. All See right. you, man. You bet. <laughs> Bye. Every Friday afternoon. Hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock And ice down a cooler I'd drive that old back road Until it ends At the roping pen We got them rusted out pickups And fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses Then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well I ain't no play your speed But I give her hell He never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. Yeah, we're always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the roping pen Someday I just might be We'll turn another pair of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems 
By God, we're gonna solve them down at the Roman Pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the Roman Pen. Down.